to the Market Sell Win Podcast. I'm super excited to have multifaceted marketer Nathan Jenks joining us today. Nathan has built his marketing skills over the last 20 years at small, medium, and large size professional service organizations. Some of the names that you'll probably be familiar with are Navigant, RSMUS, and Arthur Anderson. He is currently leveraging all of that experience as an entrepreneur in his own marketing and communications firm, Zwex Strategies. So we're going to cover four topics in our four-part series. In segment one, we will talk to Nathan about his career journey. With segment two, we're going to get back to basics, discussing an approach to digital marketing. In segment three, we're going to focus on digital marketing funnels, specifically that initial step of really deciding which people are in and which people are out. And segment four, we're going to do something a little bit different and talk about imposter syndrome and specifically why some marketers don't feel comfortable with their own ideas. So with that, let's get started. Welcome to the show, Nathan. Thanks for having me, Julie. I'm excited. Good. Well, thank you. So our career podcast is really focused on marketing and sales professionals. And my goal is to share their stories to really help others that may be starting their career or stuck in their career or just trying to get better at what they do. Um, You know, not everybody has a mentor that they can talk to. And sometimes you just want to hear what somebody else in a marketing and sales role is doing and what, you know, their life looks like and how they got there. So today I'm going to ask you to kind of walk through your journey, highlighting some of the skills that you've found to be important and the impact that mentors have had in shaping your career. So with that, like... Tell us your story. And I, and I will say that you know, some folks have started, you know, going back to childhood. Um, you don't have to go back that far. But uh, mm-hmm. is, you know, everybody, and I say that because some people really, their childhood had a big impact on on their career. But, you know, tell us, you know, start wherever you want and kind of just walk us through how you got to where you are. Yeah. So, you know, I, um, I'm not going to go back all the way to childhood because I probably am doing something very different than what I would have thought my you asked me at eight years old what I'd probably be doing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, you know, I, I'm, you know, you mentioned mentors. Uh, my, my first real job out of college was with Arthur Anderson. So that's one great way of dating myself a little bit. Uh, but, you know, that ended up being a tremendous place to start a career. Um, I mean, one of the hallmarks of that firm was the stewardship that the people instilled in the rest of their professionals. And I ended up having the chance to work with um, a couple of the marketing leaders at the firm who ultimately became both mentors, friends, and were individuals that I was able to kind of follow along in my career uh, early on. A couple of them uh, were individuals who hired me um, at some of the firms that I, that I worked at. And then later on, they became peers, uh, sounding boards, um, and even clients <laughs> to, the, to, this, uh, to this point. So um, you know, my path took a couple of different spots within the, uh, the accounting and the uh, consulting world, mostly at those you know, really pretty large uh, firms for the first 18 years. Uh, and then uh, I ultimately decided, you know, hey, I like what I do, but I want to do it a little bit differently. So about three years ago, I ventured out on my own and started uh, to kind of continue to do the same marketing communications work, um, but do it from the other side as a, as a, as a consultant. And you have to be honest, I, I love being able to do uh, work from this side. So it, it really fits me, but those 
first 18 years and uh, the mentors that I had and the in-house experience was invaluable, I think, to make me hopefully a, you know, a really good uh, consultant for my clients. Yeah, no, that's great. So, I mean, 18 years, if that's a long time. So, um, at once you, it's, it's both long, yeah, it's long and it's short. <laughs> you say 18 years and you're like, my God, you've been working for a long time, but it doesn't <laughs> feel like it's necessarily been that long. So, um, it, it went by pretty fast. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, for me too, I, I, it's, it is, you know, there's that old, it's amazing how time flies, but it is true. But I would think once you started your own firm, like just being able to, call on all of the experience you had from the other firms that you were with was a big, big deal. Yeah. I, I, one of the things that I will, will say to, to anyone that I have the chance to, to potentially work with, the, the fact that I've been in their shoes is something that I draw on. And it's, it's valuable to some, some, you know, it doesn't necessarily, um, it's not necessarily something that resonates, but uh, my my focus over the last couple of years has actually been now starting to work with more mid-sized professional service firms, you know, so, so organizations that don't necessarily have quite the same uh, sort of, you know, same teams internally as the larger organizations we have. Mm-hmm. So drawing on that experience of what, you know, the bigger consulting, bigger um, professional services firms have and how they approach things, but being able to tailor that in a way that is effective for a more mid-sized organization, you know, that's one of the things that I actually found that I really, really enjoy. So that's sort of my spin on taking my um, in-house experience and, and bringing it to, to the table for other organizations is something I've been able to do. Yeah, no, that's terrific. Well, so now that... Um you've been doing what you do in this current role with your own firm for a number of years. So what does a day in the life look like? And let's get granular, you know, some days in the life vary, but you know, let's tell me what you did on Monday. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what I've done today uh, <laughs> before we've had the chance to talk. Um, you know, I think a lot, a lot of people will be able to say this very accurately. They're like, you know, no day is no, no day is exactly the same um, today. You know, I, went back and forth. Uh, I've been working on a messaging strategy for one client. Uh, and for another client, I handle their social media. So Mondays are a day of being able to dig up some interesting stories or being able to focus in on some of the, uh, some of the messages that are important for them to continue to push that are aligned with their campaigns. And uh, a little bit of uh, PowerPoint Fixes, you know, that's just one thing. I think we all probably deal with a little bit. Is there's always a little bit of this and that in PowerPoint, love it or hate it. Um, and then email, email, email. There's always a lot of uh, email that kicks off uh, starting on Monday. So there's always the correspondence that happens back and forth, and then a couple of Zoom meetings uh, sprinkled in. So the thing I like about it is that um, you know the wide variety of both strategic and uh, sort of more execution focused things that I get to have my hands in all the time. Yeah. I think, I think having your hands in the pot is a super important piece of, of a role, you know, cause I've, I've talked to, I was talking to another business owner and, and his firm was a little, um, just the structure was different. It was a little bit, it was larger. And so he's like, you know, I'm not in the day to day anymore. And when you get 
further away from that, you feel like you lose touch a little bit. So um, I think that's pretty cool that you're you're doing both and um, probably makes you very impactful in what you do. And I found that I, um, it's, it's what I enjoy. Uh, I like, strategy's always been something that I really, really enjoy and being able to formulate that, have really interesting conversations that turn into something new. Uh, but at the same time, being able to then roll your sleeves up a little bit and make that come to life is something I, I do really enjoy. And so that's part of the reason why I found myself gravitating towards uh, working with more smaller, mid-sized professional services firms because, frankly, they don't have the bulk of teams to be able to just hand over, you know, a plan to a team to be able to then just focus on the implementation. You kind of have to be uh, both of those dynamics all in one. Mm-hmm. That isn't, I would not, I mean, you're, that's an excellent point that when you're talking about those size organizations, it, they don't have the people on staff to do it. So you would be both strategy person and executor. So, yep. all right. So let me ask you this. Now that you've been around a while in life, um, what are like the top three skills that you've found to be most valuable in your career? Yeah. So uh, the first that I will tell anyone is, yeah, you have to have good, really good writing skills and marketing and communications. I mean, it kind of speaks for itself if you're in a very pure communications role, but you need to be able to really formulate your ideas in writing, I think, to be someone who can persuade. And it's just uh, it's just a skill that you don't find everyone has is really refined. And, and it doesn't mean you have to be a brilliant, a brilliant uh, master of words, but you do need to be able to have, I think, a really strong writing foundation to be able to convey your ideas and do it in the same in as compelling a way as possible. Uh, listening is ex- exceptionally important. Um, that's how you really can uh, obviously get to the heart of what someone's trying to, to achieve and just really being able to ask good questions and then listen. Uh, and something I've learned later on, really important uh, skill is just to be able to know how to set expectations and set them clearly. I think there were probably different times in my career early on and being a type of person you have to try to please everybody, you say yes very fast to everything. And frankly, you just can't say yes to every single thing. You're going to get overloaded. Um, you may not be the best at being able to get something done. So being able to set expectations and, and say no in a way that's constructive uh, is really a, a skill that needs to be developed. And I think it's something that I've had to draw on more and more, particularly uh, in my role that I have now. I'm not always great at it either. You know, I, I say yes is an instinct pretty, pretty regularly. So understanding how and when to say no in the right way is something that I'm still teaching myself. Yeah, no, it is a good point though. Um, I, and I think it's one of those that it can take a little bit of courage or a lot, <laughs> depending on what it is. Um, Sometimes it takes a lot. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it it doesn't always come with, uh, you know, it, it, it's not a message that you always want to be delivering. But uh, it, frankly, at times, that's something that, that needs to be set out. And I, I think it's always about making sure that 
when you say no, it's not like you're just closing it off and it ends there. How can you still be helpful? So no, in my, in my world today, like no sometimes means, Hey, I can't do that instantaneously right now. Is this something that can be handled in the next 48 hours? Or if I can't handle it right now, I've got someone else who might be able to help you out in a pinch, or it's just not something that's really in my skill set. Here's someone else that you can, you know, you can possibly speak to who might be better off at being able to solve that problem that you have. So, you know, it's being constructive in the know is uh, something that's really important. I totally agree. I mean, I feel like people, um, they would rather know, and I mean the other know, K-N-O-W, <laughs> um, that, you know, it's either possible or not possible. I can think of times in my career when I would get caught up and nervous about saying no, but the person who was receiving the no just wanted to know <laughs> what what their options were. And so by being upfront with them, they could go to, you know, their plan B and take a different approach. But if I had said yes and then not come through on it, um, that would have caused more problems for everybody down the road. So, um, yeah, I think I think you bring up a good point and just it, it, sometimes it can mean not now. <laughs> um, yeah. It, exactly. It can mean not now, but just try to set different expectations as a thing. And, but, but, you know, for me and my being able to be an advisor to, to companies, I, I wish that I knew every single thing under the sun from a marketing and communications perspective. And I do know a lot, but there are some aspects of the marketing mix that I am just not the absolute expert in. So it's tough as someone who wants to build more clients and be able to deliver a good value to say, that's not me. But if you put yourself in the other person's shoes, you'd much rather get the answer and be pointed towards something that can help solve the problem than be kind of told yes on something that you actually are not able to really deliver on. Totally agree. Well, so let me ask you this. If you had to... Um go back in time and talk to your younger self. Um, what piece of advice would you have given yourself about just working in the professional world? Uh, you know, have confidence, um, but do it in a, you know, have quiet, quiet confidence. So, you know, trust yourself and your instincts a, a little bit more than you do because your instincts and your gut, not always right, but they're, they're, they're right more often than you think. Mm -hmm. um, and also just don't take everything so seriously, uh, I know that I probably early in my career took a lot of things more. And that's not to say you can't you can't be cavalier and you can't uh, you, you do have to be serious, obviously, about your work, but only to a certain level. The work will still be there, um, and don't take you know don't take everything just so so seriously. I think it's a particularly important message as we've all been dealing with a lot more in our lives uh, during the pandemic. So it's uh, just something I try to remind myself when certain things start to get a little overwhelming. That is sage advice. And some sometimes I listen to that advice and sometimes <laughs> I don't. <laughs> but it again, is. it's advice. It's not, I'm not, it, it's not as though I'm always, a, I'm not always a stellar uh, example of yeah. holding up to that, but you know, it's something I do try to remind myself. 
do as I say, not as I do. (laughs) (laughs) Unfortunately, that's the case sometimes. So um, after a a rough day, what is the one song, or maybe it can be a, 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 um, you know, a band or performer, but you know, what, what song helps you kind of shake your blues off? I don't know if it's one song, but I, um, and I, I feel very timely for being able to say this. Uh, any, anything, you know, Fleetwood Mac, but particularly the Rumors album, uh, you know, it's just one of the best albums that ever existed. And now it's actually back in the top 10 uh, <laughs> after, what, 42 years or something like that. So it, um, thank you, TikTok, for, uh, and I can't remember the, the guy's name, but, uh, you know, talk about going viral. Uh, skateboarding down down the road with your uh, with your cranberry juice in hand, kind of singing to to Fleetwood Mac. So brought it back. So I, I feel very uh, I feel very on trend. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Well, thank you so much, Nathan. This was great. I appreciate appreciate you sharing um, your your life story. Well, from a career perspective, with us, um, and I'm sure that it was uh, interesting for our listeners just to hear you know another fellow marketer out there and what their life is like. So thank you. Well, thank you.